and welcome into another episode of Farm to Fame. This is our first full-length episode, and today we're going to touch on all of those top prospects who cracked opening day roster. You guys, 56 top prospects. We're going to hit as many as we can. I am Kelsey Wingert. We got Peter Moylan with us and his uh, child's glove. I have a ball as well. So this is, I just need something in my hands, girls. You know that ADD kicks in. And if I don't have something in my hands, I start looking like very Italian when I start. <laughs> Maddie Mass producing no props. You got any props? Props. No props. Got it. Okay. So Your fingers are all we need, Maddie. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> so, like we said, according to MLB Pipeline, there were 56 top prospects who made the opening day roster. We kept up with all of them and what they did in every game this weekend and narrowed it down to 26 guys who we believed had um, notable weekends, stuff Ooh. that we want to talk about. So, my first thing that I want to get out there is we are talking about a bunch of guys today. We are probably going to mispronounce some names. We are going to try very, very hard to not do that, but we have an Australian and then an American who really struggles with pronouncing names. So and numbers. We're going to try. So if they have any numbers in the name, we're in real trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and again, Peter, this is normally his line, but you guys know your team better than we do, like they say on Talking Baseball. So if we miss anything or if we left anybody out, just let us know. And mm -hmm. We'll get to them on the next on the next episode. Let us know nicely across the yeah, social media wires. I'm please fragile. don't please don't abuse us. We uh, I'm very fragile. Please at this. speak everything to me gently. Yes. First, we're gonna hit on um, our, who we believe our four top performers were for the week. We are going to start with our drip king, our sauce king, our swaggy swagster, blue hair. Hornets jersey, my new favorite player, and that is Jazz Chisholm Jr., who was on the Chris Rose rotation this week. And he is awesome, Peter. And he has been so exciting to watch for the Marlins. He won the everyday second base role mm -hmm. out of spring training. But, I mean, he is – well, when he debuted last year, he hit a home run in his first game. And he's just been electric this season on the bases. Did you happen to get a glimpse of my notes when you were doing that? Because I wrote electric down and that's the one thing. Energy, electric, yeah. a Juan Pierre type. He stole he stole second base with a left-handed pitcher, Dick Mountain on the on the hill. <laughs> Staring at him, he took off early. It's normally a, a move reserved for right-handed pitchers. But he just decided to step off and whip it to second base and he still beat the throw. So it's a it's a part of the game that's been missing, I think, for a couple of years. But it's it's judging by all the action that was happening over the weekend, uh, it's it's a skill that's going to come back. Stolen bases are going to be back. And Jazz Chisholm, I don't know all those words you said at the start of it about dripping and all that sort of stuff, but he is... He, just, he got swagger, Peter. He got okay. swagger to him. He got some sauce, some drip. He's from the Bahamas, so... <laughs> Just a little fun fact for you. I used to be able to yeah. go to the Bahamas every spring training. With spring training, I was a first few years of my career, I had to get a visa to come over here and work. But part of the issue was that I was over here in January and that my visa wasn't able to get stamped in my passport until the middle of March. So what the Braves used to do was send me to the Bahamas, which was obviously another country. I would spend two days in the Bahamas, get my visa stamped and come back in the middle of spring training. So it was the greatest 
don't know if you call it a, a Heck yeah. criminal act, but it was just basically they said, have take two days off spring training, go to the Bahamas, come back. And everybody hated <laughs> me for it, obviously. That's but amazing. Yeah, we try to keep it as, as uh, down low as possible. But I I love that place. And to come from the Bahamas, I think uh, the Yankees had a, had a guy that, that was uh, on their team from the Bahamas a couple of years ago, right? Uh, pinch hitter, maybe an outfielder. Uh, I think he played for the Braves as well. Can't remember his name. Matty Matt looked that Matty up. Matty Mass? Um, yeah, play for the Braves. Not yeah, not a not a huge line of of uh, players to come out of Nassau. Yeah. It was just the, about verbal. Yeah, th that player is Anton Richards. Richardson. That's right. That's him. Yeah. He appeared in 21 games last season for the Marlins. Like I said, hit a home run in his first big league AB. A guy mm -hmm. did that. Uh, this opening weekend that we'll get to a little bit later. He struggled offensively across those games last year, but in spring training, he hit 268 in 20 games this year. Um, and he's just been, I mean, he literally manufactured a run uh, this past opening weekend. He stole two bases and essentially one pitch and he raced home um, and he had a triple this weekend and he's just going to be really exciting to watch and he's confident he got some really good veterans in that clubhouse and peter i know that you know how important this is but mm. he has some really good veterans in that clubhouse um when you were listening to rojas on the chris rose rotation just talking about how you know if he does something that he shouldn't he has jesus aguilar he has guys in there who were telling him don't do that you're going about that the wrong way and they're kind of grounding him it's going to have to be a bit of a hit and miss there too like there's going to have to be some give and go because mm -hmm. one i was going to say the one thing that i think he needs to be able to do is be himself mm -hmm. and i feel like if he is if there's a couple of those veteran guys that are still of the old school thinking where you've got to try and play the game it's miami i'm guessing they're not going to be that way yeah. Jesus Aguilar is not that kind of guy he has a lot of fun on the field so i don't think the fun's going to be the issue i just feel like he is so young and he is so raw that he's going to make some mistakes as long as they don't get too down on him and make sure that he's he starts to get a lack of confidence uh, I think he, mm -hmm. you could see him shine this year for the Marlins. Yeah, so very excited about Jazz Chisholm, second baseman for the Marlins. Had a very exciting opening weekend. The next guy that stood out to us was Julian Merriweather with the Blue Jays. Now, mm. fun fact about Merriweather is he was the player to be named later in the Josh Donaldson trade. So he is now probably the closer for the Blue Jays after the weekend um, that he had. Safe to say. I mean, yeah. he was, he's nasty. Yeah. He pitched in the first game and got his first MLB save, pitched in the 10th inning. I have here that he was the first pitcher in Blue Jays history to strike out the side for an opening day save. Wow. And he only threw 11 pitches. And he only and went then, through Hicks, Stanton, and Torres. So, I mean. I know like the guys that he faced. And then in the, he didn't pitch the following game and he pitched the next game, yeah. only 11 pitches again, got the save. Two he punches. struck out Torres, struck out Sanchez. So we had essentially two games, two saves, two perfect innings. He averaged 98.9 miles per hour on his fastball. He hit triple digits, but yeah, Pete, he looked really good. I think it's Mui and Pontante that we talk about the guys that he was traded for too, because you forget about this a lot of the time. I didn't know that until I was reading and researching that he was a big, a big part, and some of the guys that we touch on today are big parts of trades that we we sort of we think about the big piece, but we don't really think about that mm -hmm. the other pieces until they start to come to fruition. We're seeing that yeah. with him. 
Uh, it's obviously two games, one series, but it's got to feel it's got to feel the Jays with a little bit of confidence, knowing that they've got that kid at the back end of the bullpen. The Blue Jays have had so many injuries to start the season. Obviously, they lost Kirby Yates, which I mean that was going to be their closer. So who knows what kind of role we would see Merriweather in? Obviously, we don't want to see a guy hurt, especially because Yates is good and it's a serious injury for him. But it opened up the door for Merriweather, and he has looked very good. So mm-hmm. uh, Merriweather for the Blue Jays. Great weekend. This next guy, if you have logged on to Twitter, if you have turned on MLB Network, ESPN, any of it, you've heard about him. Yerman Mercedes for the White Sox. Holy smokes. He was named the AL Player of the Week. He was the first player in modern history to begin a season with eight consecutive hits. Peter, he was... He couldn't stop hitting. And he has mm-hmm. such an incredible story. 28-year-old journeyman getting there. Yes. This is the kind of thing that you're not going to find anywhere else, okay? Let me just run back on his uh, his baseball history real quick. 2011 okay. to 2013 was with the Nationals in the Dominican Summer League. Didn't get a chance to even come over to the States. 2014, he goes to independent ball. Plays an independent ball. Gets picked up by the Orioles in 2015. Plays three seasons with the Orioles. Never gets a chance to make it to the big leagues. 2017, he's Rule 5 drafted. Picked up by the White Sox. August 1st, 2020, makes his MLB debut. Next thing you know, he's in the big leagues going eight for eight, leading off the start of the year. I mean, that's the kind of story that you'd love to hear about. All these prospects, don't get me wrong, I love these guys just as much, but it's the journeymen, it's the kids that have just that have just never given up on their dreams. Um, it's the guys that may have not had the direct path that a lot of these other guys are going to have that I like to talk about. And I think that good on him, plays winner ball every year, goes back to the Dominican Republic, plays winner ball every year. Um, you know, it's just, it's just a great, a great story. So he made the team as the team's third catcher, essentially. And they had the big offensive loss with Eloy and they were really looking for somebody to step up offensively. And uh, he's done that. And he had some starts at DH and that's probably where we're going to see a lot of them. Um, I have here that he played in 617 minor league games and even more for independent clubs. Um, Mm -hmm. So this will be one of Peter's favorite players all season. Excited to see. Obviously he, I think he's hitting like six something right now. Obviously he's not going to maintain that throughout the season, but it will be very interesting to see um, how this, how the season unfolds for him. I also think it's important that we do recognize that a lot of the time when a guy gets an opportunity, that's exactly what it is. It's a chance. You've got to be in the right place at the right time. There's been so many guys that I've played with throughout the course of my career that have probably been better than me, had better stuff than me, all the rest of it, but just never got that opportunity, be it through timing, be it through injuries, be it through whatever it was. So to see a guy mm-hmm. to, to, to just grind like this for the years that he did, I, I, I am going to continue to point out guys like this on this podcast because I think it just it's just what makes our game great and it's the storyline of the late draft picks and these independent signings that that I think is really cool those are going to be the guys that people want to hear about so I think that is going to be awesome the next guy that we're going to hit on is Jonathan India now this guy came from the University of Florida he was really good at the University of Florida mm-hmm. he's struggled with some injuries and they were just kind of hoping that he would be able to piece it together he was drafted in 2018 they were excited about him he made his debut in game one for the reds he had two hits in his Mm -hmm. debut 
started at second base. He hit seventh. The next game went two for three and had that. Did you guys see that video of him making the, the diving play from his knees? On his, on his bum? <sighs> he was leaning towards that side, but he's fielded it on the left side of second base if you're at home play. Planted mm -hmm. with kind of planted on one cheek and one knee and came up and made a throw. So it was... It's a pretty impressive play. Good defensive, and they've got a they've got a third baseman playing shortstop. So let's it may not yeah. be too long before we see him slated in there at shortstop. Move Suarez back over to to, to third base, but he's he's going to be stud tatted up. So you know I appreciate that. Yeah, he's, and he got good. He has good hair too. Great has hair. Good flow. Great yeah. hair. Did you listen to his interview? He seems very mellow, very grounded, very ooh, what's the um, namaste ish? Like very very. Oh, yoga, big yeah. yogi guy, Peter Moylan. You, you can okay. just write that down. Yeah. Future sponsors, um, yoga guy. So, <laughs> <The yoga guy. laughs> so those were the four guys who stood out the most to us this weekend. But like we said, mm. there were a lot of guys who had good weekends. So this is going to be the format of the rest of the show because we want to hit on as many of these young guys as we can. We are going to go into a rapid fire. And Peter and I are going to have one minute for each player. Go. Ready? I, I think we'll be able to do it. We are going to start with who talking baseball refers to as short king. That is Alejandro Kirk, catcher for the Blue Jays. Peter, 5'8 and mm. 265 pounds. He debuted last summer and he hit 375 in nine games. And he started played 150 games in the minor leagues, too. That's it. Nice. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that's, we were talking about Andrew Vaughn not having, maybe not having enough ABs and he had 245. That's so one season, dude. That's not even, that's like yeah. one, that's one and a bit seasons. These kids well, are coming. Well, he started, he started their third game of the season and Blue Jays fans on Twitter freaked out. They are very excited about short King Alejandro Kirk. Um, so he went over three in that start, but he did have a walk and we're probably going to see more of him. Um, he is their fifth overall prospect. So that is Alejandro Kirk. How are we doing on time, Matty Mess? 52 seconds. Nice. Wow. Nice. Good nice. for us. Okay. okay. Next, we have Ryan Mountcastle for the Orioles. Great name. Uh, the Orioles' fifth. Yeah, very good baseball name. Orioles' fifth overall prospect. MLB Pipeline has him as the 77th overall prospect. He is an outfielder in 35 games last year, Peter. He hit mm. 333. This was his first big league opening day roster. And opening day started at DH. He hit fourth. He hit a go-ahead two-run double off the green monster. What's that? So he's starting at DH for them. Mm -hmm. Any comments? In the first place, the Orioles, by the way. Oh, yeah. Next guy we have, I'm probably going to say this last name wrong, is Tanner Hoke. Hawk? Hawk. Hawk. For the Red yeah. Sox. Right-handed pitcher, their seventh overall prospect. Peter, the biggest thing that I wanted to point out about Tanner is, did you guys see his mom in the stands? She was in the stands watching the game, listening to the game on the radio, keeping book. And he was asked about it after the game. And he said that he keeps book for all of his games. Um, Come on. This was the first, he pitched last year. He went 3-0 with a 0.53 ERA in his final three outings. And he's, he's a starter for them. So I guess I should say his final line. He went five innings, six hits, three runs in game two for the Red Sox. But his mom, that was the first big league game she's been able to see. And he said that even when she's not at game, she's sitting on her bed, keeping book, watching the game on TV. That's amazing. It was the most amazing thing. Yeah, that is, she is my spirit animal. Another fun fact. 
Premier 12, 2019, he pitched against Australia in a two-to-one loss that Australia ended up winning that game. Hey. I was on that team. So did you, so you played against him? Yeah, he pitched against us. He, and I actually, I actually spoke to him in the hotel afterwards because he gave up a couple of runs on a few. He was a bit erratic in the first inning and we scored two runs, just knuckle. Mm -hmm. Luckily, our team motto that year was play for the pass ball. That's how good our offense was (laughs) that year. But anyway... So uh, he had a, he struggled with in the first couple of innings and we scored two runs luckily and we were able to shut him down for the rest of the game. But yeah, we, uh, we beat the USA. First time that I've on any team that I've been on that we've beaten the US. So sorry, Tanner, but appreciate you. Well, we love your mom. We love your mom, Tanner. Awesome. Okay. We're sticking with the Red Sox now and we are going to Garrett Whitlock, who's a right-handed pitcher. He is their 30th prospect. Um, he did not pitch in the first two games. In the third game, he made his big league debut. Peter, this yes. dude went three and a third, mm-hmm. three hits, no runs. Mm-hmm. He looked really good. He looked really good. He was good. a rule five. He was a rule five selection. Had Tommy John two years ago. Yeah, and the worst role in the world that I've ever had was a mop up guy. So not to say that this was the mop up outing, but anytime you come into a game and you're up or down by ten runs. You know, it's it's not fun, especially for a guy like myself who was is potentially a right-handed specialist. Uh, mm-hmm. Having to come in and face the lineup two and three times was not fun. So to get that job done in the way that he did was very impressive. In his big league debut, three and debut. a third scoreless yeah. innings, like Love it. that's amazing. Uh, yeah. So Garrett Whitlock, Red Sox, right-handed pitcher. Uh, he'll that was awesome. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Next guy we have is the Indians, Emmanuel Classe, right-handed pitcher. What? He is. Oh. The it's it's obnoxious what he does yeah. with a cut fastball. Carry on. Sorry. Well, I mean that's kind of what I was going to talk about. So he also sat out all of 2020 um, after failing a drug test for PEDs, but in 21 outings for the Rangers two years ago, he had a 2.31 ERA, and like Peter said, he was that centerpiece in that trade. Mm. Um, he pitched in the third game for them. He pitched the ninth inning. He went one inning, no hits, no runs, no walks. Perfect. Uh, 16 pitches. He owns 104 of the fastest 124 regular season cutters on record. In those 16 pitches in this last outing, nine of them were over 100 miles per hour. Yeah, I, I've been seeing highlights of this guy for months and it's, it's, it doesn't seem real, but every day there seems to be someone that's coming out that's throwing a pitch that seems to just throw science out the window because yeah. it's, it, whether it's a sinker that moves 30 feet or a cutter like that at 102 miles an hour, uh, it, it's not something that I have become accustomed to seeing in my major league career. And if that's what hitting is now, good luck, because it's, we've got to do something to make it easier for hitters. If that's going to be what's coming at for the next few years. Yeah. And I'm a pitcher. Uh, yeah. What am I, I saying? Just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, I'm, I've just been kicked out of the pitching alum, by the way. It's <laughs> <laughs> my arm even thinking about that. Um, Okay, so now we're going to move to the Royals. This is a guy, if you guys listen to Talking Baseball, this is a guy who they really wanted us to talk about, Kyle Isbell from Mm. the Royals. He was a 2018 third-round draft pick. He hit 333 in spring training this year, and Peter, in game one, he made his MLB debut. He did. 
and three for through, five through the course of the through the course of the weekend he went five for 13 with three rbis and a stolen base you know everybody everybody over in the royals is talking about bobby witt jr but this kid is someone that you're gonna have to have to worry about for the years to come too and that just the royals are good i spoke to witt merrifield during spring training and witt told me don't tell anyone but we're gonna score some runs so he wasn't lying this offense is potent they've got some guys at the back end of that bullpen that can 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 show up wade davis and greg holland that you know, probably a couple of years past their prime, but they're still going to be able to get it done. And the, that if they can pitch, I think they're, they're really going to hit the And that central is up for grabs. The, everybody talks about the White Sox. Everybody talks about the Indians, but don't sleep on my Royals. Hey, that's a bold, that's a bold uh, statement there, Pete. You're thinking what? they can compete. Oh, that was the alarm. Dang. You're thinking they can compete? Without question. With division? Without question. Whoa. I'm not saying it's going to be pretty and I'm not saying they're going to win the Cy Young, but I am saying that they are going to shock some teams and they are definitely going to put, they're going to put a little bit of fear into someone like the White Sox. That's good, Pete. Love the hot takes. Now we're going to move to the Tigers. Tarek Skubal, left-handed pitcher. The Tigers' fourth overall prospect. MLB Pipeline has him as number 24. He had a 1.59 ERA and five outings. In spring training, um, but he debuted last year. Okay. Struck out 18 and 17 innings this year at spring training. He started game three for the Tigers versus the Indians, and he went five and a third, four hits, two runs, two earned runs, two walks um, on 87 pitches. He's just somebody that they seem to like. Um, mm. His outing was, you know, fine work. Um, but that's a name who you're going to hear a lot about with the Tigers. I mean, obviously you have Casey Mize over there, but we know Casey Mize. He's probably going to get a chance to start a lot of games this year too. This is sticking with the Tigers. This is a fun story. We love him. Akil Badu with the Tigers. He is their 24th prospect. He made his debut in game three and Peter, what did he do? First pitch he sees in the big leagues. He takes this thing oppo in Detroit. (laughs) For a home run, does the Fernando Rodney arrow shoot as he's going around mm-hmm. third base? That's going to be as iconic as Kirk Gibson going around first base against Eckersley, I'm sure. But it was really cool to see. Cool to see that kind of excitement. Again, we talk about the youth in this game. There's so much of it. There's so much fun. There's so much There's so much excitement going around this game right now. And to see the kind of joy, just parents were there jumping around the stand. The video of his parents. Oh, oh my goodness. Awesome. He points to them as he crosses home plate. There was a yeah. camera on them and oh my gosh, I am not emotionally stable enough for stuff like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that was like Peter said, his debut, the first pitch he ever sees. Mind you, this guy hasn't played above high A mm. and the first pitch he sees in the show, Oppo bat flip, absolutely amazing. Um, he started the next game after that. He missed most of 2019 with Tommy John and didn't play in 2020 because of the shutdown. So he hadn't played in a regular season game since May 11th mm-hmm. of 2019. And that's what he does with the first pitch that he sees. He was a rule five draft pick from the twins um, and did really good in spring training. As we keep talking about, this is going to be the interesting thing about this year is that not only are people evaluating people, but teams are going to have a chance to reevaluate their prospects because mm-hmm. they haven't seen a lot of these guys for months. You know, a lot of the prospects yeah. went to the hashtag alternate site, but when when it comes down to guys that you haven't seen for 12 months and they come in to make an impression in spring training, 
all of a sudden you've got a whole list of, of players that you may have had a guy listed at number three in your prospect list, but he did nothing for the whole shutdown. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden he's come back a little overweight, swings a bit slower, a bit longer. His arm speed isn't there. You have a guy like this come up, hasn't played above a ball, hits a tank. Like this is the stories that you need to hear about. There's been a lot of guys who haven't played above a ball um, who were on this list. Mm-hmm. So Akil Badu, love his name, love his parents, love the bat flip. Um, here for it all. Here for it all up there with Jazz Chisholm Jr. Um, as one of our kings. So now we're going to go to the White Sox. And this is a name, goodness gracious, we, we heard so much about Michael Kopech a couple years ago, not recently. Right-handed pitcher. He is the White Sox second prospect. He opted out of the 2020 season. He's starting the season in the bullpen. He pitched in game two for them and he got the win. It was his second career win and his fifth career appearance. First appearance is 2018. Yeah. Since 2018. Yeah. We're in 2021. Yeah. Injuries and opting out. And, um, you know, this is, you said it. We've heard about this guy for years. I now see why. A lot of the time. Starter. Yeah. And I think he may well be again, but I guess they're going to need some bullpen help because we did talk a lot about the, the Sox bullpen, but um, yeah, that, sure. it wasn't it wasn't as impressive as as uh, as once would have thought. But uh, again, only three games. But he was ninety nine point three, I think, was his topped out fastball. So yeah, uh, he could be a huge piece for them this year. Yeah, he pitched two scoreless innings on thirty three pitches for them in game two. Um, and I think that would be here a lot about. I think that'll be his use. I mean, someone who's coming from from being a starter, I think initially we'll see him maybe cover a couple of innings at a time and have a couple of days off and then a couple of... He's not going to be a guy that you'll see back-to-back three days in a row. Chip Carey used to say that the more people you bring into a game, the more chance you have somebody not having their right stuff that day. So, you know, you come in the fifth inning, the sixth inning. Are you laughing at me, Matty Matt? Time out, time out. This is breaking news. Our guy, our guy, Badu... Just hit a grand, no hit a grand way. slam while we're recording this. Come on, huh? man. You can't make I can't that do. up. That's, I hope his parents are in the stands They've got to they be. They're not going to fly out after that weekend, surely. I'd quit oh. my job if that was my kid. <laughs> just, saying, just watch your kid <laughs> hit homers. That's awesome. We love Akil Badu. Yes, King. That's amazing. Did we say farm to fame mojo? What? Yeah, yeah. He heard... He got the vibes. We sent the vibes. I what he hit that right after I said he was one of our kings with Jazz Chisholm Jr. And, and then he hit the, the grand slam. Yeah, you did put the crown on him. Vibes. Vibes. So um, yeah, as I was saying, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to throw multiple innings in a mop-up role. I'm saying with the flexibility of guys who can go multiple innings now, whether it be in a three-run game or a four-run game or a one-run game or a ten-run game. The flexibility of not knowing you don't have to keep missing and matching with guys out in that bullpen makes it easier for a manager to be able to to control the bullpen. Well, Kopech is somebody who we're going to hear a lot about. We've heard a lot about. So let's stay in the White Sox bullpen. We already talked about this guy because we love Garrett Crochet. Debuted last year. If you missed our 2020 draft episode, he was the first pitcher without pro experience to go straight to the show in the same year he was drafted since 1978. And in 2020, he pitched in five games and didn't give up a run. <laughs> Picked up where he left off. Leagues. Picked up exactly where he left off. Yeah. 
Oh, he made his season debut in game three for the White Sox. He went two and a third scoreless. <laughs> but Peter, the the most important thing that I learned about Garrett Crochet this weekend, which I would love for you to elaborate on this, is that he has to carry around a SpongeBob backpack that has the snacks in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the rookie duties, uh, which you'll see with when there's going to be a senior member of the bullpen at the back end, which is pretty old school. Uh, but yeah, it's very important that those guys out there have each snack that they want, uh, whether it's a chocolate okay. or you can have a muesli bar. You can have, uh, it's sometimes you'll have a lot of people's, um, whether they prefer red hot or whether they prefer the icy hot or whatever cream or ointment. Mm -hmm. You're obviously not going to mix the bags, but they might be two separate backpacks. <laughs> one will be the medical backpack. Okay. One will be the, uh, one will be the snack backpack. But yeah, that's a very, Is very. Is one guy carrying both? Uh, depends on how many rookies you have. Okay. If there's a couple of rookies, then you probably have a, a bag assigned to each guy. Um, and it's usually on the road because that the home setups are usually pretty good. Uh, most most mm -hmm. home bullpens know what each guy wants, and and uh, but uh, yeah, on the road it, it could be uh, it can be pretty, especially in places like Detroit. Detroit, you go out there, you're in like a brick building with the toilet, the door doesn't close, and there's there's a fridge that you got to choose from for drinks from. But there's not a lot of snacks out there. So actually, Sorry, Detroit. Toilet, toilet door story. Just while we're talking about it, because I feel like it's. This is where this pod's going. But um, so Milwaukee, Milwaukee has the worst toilet in the history of bullpens because my first time there, there's no lock on the door. And you're sitting, you're sitting. And if you're a reliever, you've usually got a routine. And my routine was in the third inning and I would try and poop just to get everything out. Right? <laughs> so you're sitting there in Milwaukee with no lock on the door. And if the door opens, it's directly to the crowd who are already sitting around the bullpen. So you've got to hang a hat on the outside and just hope that no one plays a trick on you, walk past, swings the door wide open while you're sitting there just sort of making sure. It's a panic poo. It's like being <laughs> at an airport or it's like being <laughs> at a shopping poo. It's a panic poo because it's you don't have the time to just relax, grab your phone. You know, It's, it's constantly worried about who's gonna come walking in the door. Milwaukee, thank you. Cut that out, Maddie Mess. Thank oh my you. Gosh. No, please do not. Oh my gosh. I was just, I figured that you were about to make a left turn there. I didn't realize how sharp the turn was going to be. We, right. That was good, though. Oh, okay. We don't have to talk long about some of these guys. Uh, Chris Rodriguez for the Angels. We talked about him in the 2020 draft because Reed Detmers, who is also a pitcher between the two of them that could make opening day, ended up being Chris Rodriguez. He made his debut in game two. Yes. Two scoreless innings Three on punches. 27 pitches. Very nicely done. This was his first big league roster. He also is a guy who hasn't pitched above high A, transitioning in the bullpen to start 21. Mm. But he looked really good in his debut. Two scoreless. Good for him. Way to go. Way to go. Um, next guy, moving to the cheat, the Astros. <laughs> Sorry, that was mean. <gasps> Listen, I'm from Houston. I shouldn't have said that. Um, but they did cheat and they lost draft picks because of it and they get booed now. Um, Astros, Chaz McCormick. Mm. Uh huh. Uh huh. He made the postseason roster last year, but 
he didn't appear in a game. So this season he was kind of starting as the fourth outfielder. He kind of anticlimactic that he made his debut in the on opening day. He made his debut, but it was replacing Michael Brantley in left field and he didn't have an at bat. So kind of like an anti, but maybe that's a way to get the nerves out. I don't know. Didn't play in game two. Then Michael Brantley was hit by a pitch in the third game. So McCormick replaced him in the second inning. He went one for three, his first big league hit was an RBI double off the left field wall. Um, And then he made his first MLB start in game four. Did you see what he did, Peter? I did. Went bananas, four stakes, three stakes. Um, Three run bomb. In a a Houston sweep of Oakland, by the way, which yeah, who saw that coming? So Chaz McCormick, debut, home run, all of it. Good for him. Next guy is with the Mariners, Taylor Trammell. He is the Mariners' sixth prospect. And um, at the time of recording this, he was MLB Pipeline's 100th overall prospect. He's an outfielder. He debuted on opening day. And he's a Georgia boy. Peter, did you see Mm -hmm. Chipper Jones tweeted about him? I did see that. Yeah, he got his first knock. He talked about how he went and scouted him. And um, he was an impressive kid. But Chipper said... Uh, he reminds him of Curtis Granderson. How mm. do you like that comp? I do like that comp. And I do think now that he's got his first hit out of the way, it takes a little bit of the pressure off. That's the thing with these young guys. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I just, I, I worry that if they don't get off to a hot start, then all of a sudden this might be the first time that they're actually failing. They're failing at a level that they're not used to being at. And then the pressure just comes 10 times harder. But um, yeah, you got the first knock out of the way and hopefully you can roll on from there. Yeah. So Taylor Trammell, uh, Georgia boy. We love that. We love Georgia boys. So next, uh, this is, I'm going to let you carry this, this PETA. We have Ian Anderson for the Braves. We kind of touched on him a little bit. Um, he started game three for Atlanta versus the Phillies. He did five innings, seven punch outs. It was a solid outing, made one mistake to, to nap, which was a ball that we got hit over the right field wall. Really his only bad pitch of the day. Uh, didn't have his best changeup, but was still very, very effective with it. He's still eligible, eligible for Rookie of the Year, which is surprising because they're a guy that had such a good finish to the season and has got playoff experience now. To to have that behind him and still yeah. be eligible for Rookie of the Year, I think that uh, that puts him as a leading candidate. I mean, he was lights out in the postseason for yeah. Atlanta last year, and they needed someone. I mean, that pitching man. I, I love Mike Soroka, and I'm just so ready to to see him back. But when they lost Mike Soroka, they just – but, yeah, Ian Anderson was lights out. He's expected to be a big – oh, and Peter, he got his first major league hit. Double he down. Hit the double. <laughs> How did I miss out on that? You know why? Because I never got a hit. That's why I don't bring up pitchers hitting. Carry on. <laughs> Yes, he doubled in his first ever major league at bat. Um, so you were pleased with Ian Anderson? Yes, offensively, defensively, yes. I was very pleased. Yeah. I'm not pleased at, generally with the performance of the Atlanta Braves over the weekend, but I think uh, what we did realize is that the Phillies are probably going to be a little better than I'd given them credit for. I mean, they have to be. With the sign, everybody they've brought in there, re- I mean, obviously Harper and Real Muto are the two that are coming to mind right now, but... <sighs> It's the bullpen. The bullpen was the issue. The bullpen was the issue last year, right? uh, I think there was a stat Mm -hmm. that they led the most games or the second most amount of games at one point throughout the season last year. And 
their, their bullpen just couldn't hold it. So they made some adjustments out in the bullpen with the Phillies. And I think that's, I think, you know, this was the first time since 2018 or 19 that they've gone three straight scoreless appearances from their bullpen. So to open Jeez. up the season, especially with what happened last year, you've got to think that they're feeling pretty confident. Well, you bridged us perfectly into our next guy because he is out of Philly's bullpen, and that is Connor Brogdon. Um, he pitched in the 10th inning of game one versus the Braves, and he actually got the win. He did debut last year. He pitched in nine games to a 3.97 ERA. Um, he had a really good spring, but yeah, he pitched the 10th, got the win, and he the 10th is obviously when the guys are starting with a guy on second. Yeah. So they started the inning with Ozzy Albies of all people on second base, little speedster. Mm. And he faced Freeman who grounded out and then Ozuna who flew into okay. a double play. Yeah. Uh, that must be a strange, uh, I, I've done it a few times in international baseball to come in and not do anything, but get punished with a runner on second base. But um, That's I, so tough. speeding up the games is, is a priority for, for, for Major League Baseball. And I think this has certainly been a way that we can get the game shortened. They're not going to speed up the nine inning games any, but they're not going to have the 15 or 16 inning game. Yeah, I mean, look, I totally get that. I totally get that they're trying to speed up the game. I just think like to put a runner on second in the 10th inning, I think maybe like to have somebody starting on second in like the 12th, but that's, that's tough, especially, I mean, obviously the Phillies got out of it. So I'm kind of defeating my own argument, but to have a guy like Ozzy on the base paths that you're having to deal with and poor, poor Connor Brogdon's coming into this game. He has Ozzy behind him. He has Freddie right at the dish. And then he has Ozuna on deck. It's just like, oof. That's, that's going to be tough. a tough matchup, whether there's a runner on second or not. And each team gets yeah. to do it. This is not like, oh, well, you're the home team. You get runner on second base. Hopefully you yeah. win. It's, it's, it's strategizing, which is a new word that I'd like you guys to start using. Um, and, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be interesting to see how teams play it differently on the road is what they do at home. Because yeah. that last okay. at bat, you can see if they've scored one run, do you play for one run or do you play for two? I think as teams get used to what it is, uh, you may see a more strategizing of the uh of the bunt and hit and run yeah it's a very interesting word um so the cardinals are strategizing with uh dylan carlson who is an outfielder um he is in the talks early talks obviously premature talks for potential rookie of the year candidate he's a switch hitter yeah like you said opening day first inning what do you do hater Tater. Three run bomb for Dylan Carlson in the first inning. He did play in 2020. He had a really strong finish to the regular season. Um, really strong showing of the playoffs. Oh, youngest Cardinal to homer on opening day since 1936. Great little tidbit, Kelsey. Well done. Thank you. Man, I don't even want to talk about this because it makes me so upset. Why are you upset? Next guy. Why? Because, because he got. Because Key Brian Hayes is on the IL. Right. It makes me very sad. It's, I know that like the x-rays came back negative, but he, it was his first opening day, hit a first inning two run home run in his first at bat of the season. And then he hurt his wrist in game two on game three, placed him on the 10 day IL. x-rays came back negative, mm -hmm. but they want to give him rest. You can't be upset about this. Okay. Talk you me can't. out of my hole. Well, because it's, these are going to happen, right? Obviously, it's a wrist, yeah. and we've seen what can happen with Freddie and a wrist because it's yeah. it's something that is obviously very key to a batter's swing. 
but I don't think it's major. If you looked at it, it's his it's his left hand. It wasn't the it wasn't like it yeah. jammed it into the base. It was kind of just a little bit of pressure on the wrong finger. It looked like, and he just he must have just something something wrong with his with his wrist. But you said right, they came back negative. He'll be back in two weeks, hitting yeah. lean years all over the place. Um, it wasn't a case of them rushing him to the big leagues. I just think it, it was just a freak accident that that kind of like the Otani thing last night when he was covering home plate. Like it's just, these yeah. are going to happen. You can't protect guys against every injury that there is in this game because there's there's going to be moments where you're, you're leaning on your wrist or you're running into a guy at home plate. Just made me sad. Um, I know. But they're saying he's a stud. They were saying that he tweaked his wrist with the knob of his bat on a swing and then he got medical, medical attention once he walked and then he did what you were talking about and uh, – on a pickoff attempt, he like slid into first weird. Um, so he's another guy who you're going to hear in the NL rookie of the year race. Next, we got Tyler Stevenson. We don't have to talk too much about him, but he got the backup job uh, yep. for catcher for the Reds. He had that big, I hate to even like lead off with this, but he had a big base running blender and on opening day that got a lot of attention on uh, Twitter. I felt kind of bad for him. And then he didn't play game two, game three, made his first start of the year. And got three hits, which was three, a career high. Yeah, and three runs scored. So that'll be a name we hear about, but he is the backup catcher over there. So we talked about Jonathan India. Next guy is kind of fun. Dodgers, <laughs> Zach McKinstry. Opening day, he came in in the seventh inning in a double switch. He doubled in his first and only AB. And then, Peter, what did he do in game three? We in the big leagues like to call, well, I used to call him the ITPHR, inside the park home run. <laughs> Tapia literally had the ball in his glove would have made the sickest play of the day and then flipped out and then sat down and watched it. He, I didn't, I don't think he realized he obviously flicked it back into play. Uh, but yeah, inside yeah. the park run, one of the most exciting plays in baseball, I think. Yeah. And it was his first career home run, but it was gone. Like it was over the seats mm. and then he robbed it, mm -hmm. but then it fell out of his glove. And like you said, got brought back into play, but he thought it was out. So he's sitting there on the ground, kind of dejected, like, oh man, that would have been a good play. And then right. fans in the stands are screaming at him, like the ball's right there. And then, um, yeah, Zach hit a inside the park home run. His first career home run. The Dodgers like him because he can play all over the diamond. So he's mm. one of those utility guys off the bench. He debuted last year. He played in four games and, but he was a 33rd round pick. Mm -hmm. in 2016 so that's not super recent but it's kind of recent and i love seeing those um those kind of guys come out i see a lot so. of those kind of guys kelsey because everybody's trying to stack their lineups with offense instead of having someone be specifically defending one position so we're going to see a lot of these guys coming up which yeah i feel like the product may suffer a little bit initially but we can get into that on another pod oh, okay i hear passion in your voice Next guy for the Padres is Ryan Weathers. Um, he made the postseason roster in the bullpen for his MLB debut. He pitched versus the Dodgers in the DS last year. He threw an inning and a third scoreless. He's the son of David Weathers, which is cool. I played against him, yeah. How do you feel about that now that his son's... I don't feel as bad about that now, but when I was still playing, I actually faced Maglio Adonez's son in a rehab game <laughs> in Detroit. Okay. So that was when I was like, man, it might be time for me to get out. This is, this is just a guy that who I faced in my first ever, when I was pitching 
for Australia in the WBC. Odonez is one of the guys on Team Venezuela. So that was like going right back to where this all started. And then right at the end, I get to face his kids. So it was, it was pretty cool. You know, we're getting old, Peter. Yes. It's okay. Um, but Ryan, the son, picked up his first MLB save in game three for the Padres, a three-inning save yep. at that. Three scoreless on 38 pitches. So mm -hmm. he was pretty efficient, too. Yep. One hit. Um, it's a nice way to go about your save. What is your record between the Dodgers and the Padres at the end of 19, if that's what they're playing? I'm going to go Padres have – if it's 18, I'm going to go Padres win 10. Dodgers okay. win eight. Dang. we got some hot takes on the pod today. All the hot takes you can fire at me, Kels. <laughs> we love hot takes. We love hot takes. The final two guys that we're going to hit on are um, bullpenners for the Rockies. Is bullpenners a thing? Cool story. Is that yeah. weird? Bullpenners are people. Bullpenners? Too. Bullpenners. Okay. I'm trying members. to talk with an American accent now. They are members of the bullpen. <laughs> How did that sound? Uh, no good? Not great. You say Try it. again. Go ahead, you go. Members of the bullpen. Members of the bullpen. Members. <laughs> no? Men, I'll stick to my members of the bullpen. Not bullpen. Yeah, I, I, I think your accent is where it needs to stay, you know? Ben Bowden and Jordan Sheffield, by the way. You see what we're talking about with the Rockies. Yes. Storyline with them is that they were teammates at Vanderbilt and they both debuted on the same day, which is really cool. So good for them. Good for the Rockies. They both uh, that's took exciting. a little longer to get to the big leagues but i think it's uh one through injuries others through maybe strike throwing uh capabilities but um cool to see two former teammates take five years and grinding it out and getting to make their debut together um i think they said they're former college roommates which would have been really cool too that would be cool i don't know mm -hmm. if i saw that but um oh if not yeah, I just definitely made it teammates hey nobody will know unless they listen so <laughs> Those are all of our guys. I mean, we just kind of literally went through all of the top prospects who cracked opening day, broke down for you guys of who performed. So hopefully you guys feel a little bit more up to date, mm. but that was our first full episode. That was fun. We got a lot of information in. Peter and I are still matching, which is great. Yes, we are. Baseball is back. That's baby. what, that, can we just talk about just real quick? Fans okay. in the stands, full slate of games. It felt right. I felt right yeah. on the weekend i felt every day i could put on the tv i could watch a game from about midday till about midnight oh we didn't even talk about otani start real quick can we just talk about that just real yeah. quick i just want to mention yeah one of the coolest things that i've seen in a long time the anticipation of seeing him start a game and hit in the two hole which is something that i've not seen in my lifetime people have seen it obviously if you're alive for babe ruth which uh, I'm not sure if any of our listeners were alive for Babe Ruth, but <laughs> we'll check that out. Uh, but yeah, the anticipation of knowing that he was going to do what he did and then to come out throwing with the stuff that he had, 100 mile an hour fastball, hitting 116 miles an hour off the bat. I know everyone's talking about it, but I just thought that that sheer excitement, kudos to the Angels for taking a risk on a guy like that. Now, now it's about trying to find how to get the most out of Shohei Otani because I feel like the talent's there. He could be a Cy Young winner, and an MVP the next year. I just don't know if you can do both. Isn't at the same that crazy? Time. Crazy. And well, that and that home run was just crushed. I mm -hmm. mean, ooh, the sound off the bat. Ooh, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was an exciting uh, series. Jared Walsh did really good too. We'll talk sure about did. him eventually. But um, boy. so that was our episode for opening 
opening weekend, how our guys did. Thank you guys so much for listening. Good job, Maddie Mass. Good job, Peter Moreland. We will Thank see you. you guys back here next week. Baseball is back and we are so excited. <laughs> <laughs>